Welcome to Cosmic Explorations Podcast, written by the cosmos, narrated by Feva Cristina. Exploring the universe in and of us through a cosmic storytelling of astrology and a playful invocation of zodiac archetypes that live inside all of us. Welcome to the sassy side of spirituality, getting to that ass sense of well, whatever is alive for you and whatever you feel drawn to. <laughs> the beauty of astrology is that it covers all aspects of life. So we can truly play on this wide playground that is human manifestation allows our souls to explore. I am so happy you're here. Whether you are a regular cosmic booty or tuning in for the first time, welcome, welcome. This is a special Leo season featuring episode where I bring special humans to my heart and soul that I feel embody the topics and themes and energies of the archetype at focus so beautifully. Today we're diving into a really special topic to me, something that has been Oof, at the center of my personal ass exploration for the past few months. Almost ever since I came to Bali, I knew Bali is going to bring some deep activations and indeed it has. That being said, I want to just say that if you're hearing any construction work, traffic, cocks, I mean roosters <laughs> in the back, Welcome to Bali. This is a part of it. And this podcast, we support the realness and the technicalities, you know, come second, energy first. So, yeah, gotta choose your priorities. Um, <laughs> but before we dive into the main part of the episode that was actually recorded live again, that was the second podcast episode that I've done in person in my little improvised studio of my bedroom. <laughs> I want to do a long solo intro. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but this one is a juicy one because it dives into the realm of Egyptian astrology. Boom! <sighs> On one hand, my rebellious ass is like, oh my god, not another fucking buzzword of embodying the goddess Isis and awakening to the Egyptian mysteries and la 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 la, which no judgment, <laughs> I'm right in with you, or maybe you're not in with me yet, but hopefully you will be a little bit closer to it after this episode. But the truth is that the fact that we are mm, allowing the feminine to come through again and uh, help bring our society into deeper balance of inviting the masculine to mature in this world, I think it is actually so important and so beautiful that the remembrance of this hmm, divine feminine energy, so I'm gonna use the word that I don't like, but also something that I've been refle reflecting on lately is how often do we limit ourselves from experiencing something so beautiful and pure and joyful and pleasurable just because we have this construct in our minds that oh, 
I'm not that kind of a person, you know, the judgment of, ooh, this is not for me. Um, yeah, that's what Leo season has been bringing up for me. Of where do I limit myself in beautiful experiences just because of, hmm, this old perceptions and constructs of the mind that are essentially keeping the ego alive. And that's a big topic of this Leo season as well. Where are we operating from the ego and not allowing our hearts to fully bloom and experience the potential of radiance that we can, that we are. And in a way, I feel like Egyptian astrology is really here taking that nudge up and introducing almost like a new language or at least a doorway towards a new language that I don't feel like is being refined yet, but that's okay. Like things need to run their course and transformations don't always happen over time, whether that's in your personal life or in the collective. But so basically I want to give a little intro to Egyptian astrology. Now, we first want to look at the ancient Egyptian calendar, which is actually pretty close to the calendar that we use today, like the Gregorian calendar. This, the Egyptian one, is also a solar calendar. So the year had 365 days, but it was actually divided into three seasons of 120 days each. And then those seasons were divided further into four months of 30 days. Now, if you're better at math than I am, maybe you already calculated that, wait, isn't this like less than 365? You are correct. There are five extra days left. And what the ancient Egyptians did, what they just added the five-day month um, at the end of the year, which was considered kind of to be like outside of the year or the in-between space for celebration and festival. <laughs> damn right we had a year let's fucking celebrate it with a five month day no five day month <laughs> i'm actually not by any means a knowledgeable historian or anthropologist or a specialist in egyptian history so i'm not sure about the details i mostly get my information from the source that is the most legible, which is <laughs> my intuition, but also Google. So you always got to take it with a grain of salt. But further on, each month was then split into three 10-day periods known as decans. And if you're familiar with Vedic astrology, you know that Vedic astrology puts a high emphasis on decans, or they call them nakshatras. So we would have then 36 deacons in a year, which are based on the 33 asterisms uh, that rose every 24 hours. And if you're wondering what asterism is, it's a pattern of stars that is not a constellation. So it's not necessarily constellation. There are different sections of the constellation. If you're not able to follow or understand what I'm saying, that's totally cool. No need just for those nerdy motherfuckers out there. <laughs> um, but always, always, if there's one thing that I want to kind of invite everyone, when, they're when you're looking your up your natal chart or a natal chart of your potential crush, 
<laughs> Please always pull out a wheel, a circular chart, not a freaking table. Because one of the things that astrology is here to show us is the wholeness of us. And so often astrologers are going to focus on the woundings, the flaws, the challenges, also your strengths for sure. But everything feels so choppy and so divided and so limiting. And what the circular motion of astrology and natal chart shows us is a constant progression, constant evolving, constant circulation and interaction between these different aspects of us. And this is what we're here for, for astrology to empower us not limit us into a stereotype or a box or a bracket. And this is why I feel so drawn to Egyptian astrology. Like, obviously they gave astrology their own twist. They're still using Greek zodiac sign, but they apply their own gods and goddesses to it. So they're still operating between 12 different archetypes, that are represented by different gods and goddesses, with the exception of the Nile, which is named by the river. And it makes so much sense, right? To like have nature as God <laughs> included in there. Yeah. But because the focus is on the deacons, not on like the whole month, this means that if you're an early Leo or a late Leo, a different god or goddess might be waved, not might, but is going to wave its influence energy through your sun. So, for example, if you're an early Leo, your godly representation might be Sekhmet, the goddess of war, healing, the Lionese goddess. She's a little bit of a dark one. I love her. She's reckless. And wild. <laughs> and if you are a late Leo, but also early Virgo, the god in this section of the year, in this decan, would be Gap, which is the deity of Earth, the Earth god. So, not to go too deep into that because that would be a whole other <laughs> realm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. For example, as a Libra sun, uh, born on the September 29th. You can send me gifts. Uh, my godly representation of Egypt in this popular Egyptian astrology, I'm going to say, would be Seth, which is the god of chaos, destruction, storms. And I might mother, but wait, 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 like how is this a Libra? Libra is all about the balance, right? But actually Seth also represents everything that is threatening the harmony. So it does make sense in a way, doesn't it? And this is why I love Egyptian astrology and why I feel drawn to the Egyptian mystery is because they really incorporate the light and the darkness well. They see it as this part of wholeness. And yes, yes, we see that in other traditions too. But I don't know, like my Scorpio rising finds something extremely seductive in the Egyptian approach. Because unlike the Greek and Romans, you know, whose cultural mindset we have mainly inherited in the West, the ancient Egyptians were not linear thinkers. <laughs> in Egypt, everything is seen as cyclical, you know, death and rebirth, regeneration and resurrection, the battle between the old and the new, the cyclical progression of the natural world. These are the central 
to the perspective of this ancient culture. And if you read about the mythology, like a lot of the Eastern ones, and actually Western too, but in the West, we like to cover them up, but they're really freaking bloody. <laughs> so what I'm actually diving into deeper right now is not just this popularized Egyptian astrology, but a shamanic Egyptian astrology. Now, what is that? Well, <laughs> it is one branch of a mystery school of the shamanic mysteries of Egypt. And I'm currently working with a book, Shamanic Egyptian Astrology, that was written by Linda Star Wolf and Ruby Falconer. And uh, the initiations of this mystery school are actually transmissions from the ancient Egyptian deities, they say which basically means they channeled the knowledge. It is not necessarily something that you can find written in ancient texts. You can find them depict on certain Egyptian, uh, in certain Egyptian temples like Dendra Temple, which is all about astrology. And yeah, a story for another time. Also, I don't feel like I am embodied and integrated enough in this wisdom and knowledge to be giving a full-on transmission around it yet. Um, I'm sure the time will come. Uh, everything is progressing into that direction. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more to say about this. I cannot say I'm fully resonating with the contents of the book, but that's okay. You know, because they're just transmissions. They're just activations. They're not here for us to eat them up. They're here for us to ignite something a deeper reflection and remembrance within so this is how i work with everything that i receive really first i gotta i have to rebel against it a little so that my ego humbles and then i'm ready to actually receive it oh well but yeah, um, what I feel that shamanic Egyptian astrology offers is this re-languaging of astrology. And it as such reflects a new level of consciousness. You know, seeing it all through the eyes of gods rather, rather than animals or symbols like we're used to in Western astrology. I feel like this approach gives us the opportunity to expand our own perception of reality through connecting with these divine archetypes. Because if we embody the archetype of Leo or of Virgo, like it's going to activate beautiful aspects of us. But there's something really special and mystical that I am personally drawn to when connecting to the energetic representations and frequencies that seem to be higher or deeper more developed than what we are used to in this physical reality as as i'm feeling into this book and the wisdom that it weighs through i feel like it has given me a new story a new cover a lens through which to understand astrology what i really love about the way that the authors describe astrology and our natal chart is that the chart describes our earth walk. And isn't that true? Like even the fact that there is this thing <laughs> called draconic astrology, which for me is uh, showing us the deeper journey of the soul that is not limited to this human incarnation, whereas our birth chart is more of 
what we came to experience in this physical form with the current karma. And what the authors that I'm going to name again for the sake of the, I don't know, correctedness, Linda Starwolf and Ruby Falconer <laughs> said um, is that, you know, one of the hallmarks of our times is an understanding that all life on earth is interconnected in a finely balanced system of interrelationship. And this is truly what astrology teaches us so beautifully. And we do refer to our planet as Mother Earth, recognizing that she is a living entity, an organism that we are a part of. We are a part of the Earth, the Mother. And what the authors offer here is this expansion of this concept to our solar system. If Earth is our mother, what are the other planets to us? <laughs> I love this. I love this notion, this perspective. You know, seeing other planets as perhaps uncles and aunts and grandparents, sisters and brothers, extended family. You know, in seeing the solar system as our family, and in that family, recognizing that these are energies that influence us in the physical form in one way or another, just like our families here on Earth affected us. Now back to the notion as the micro, as the micro, so the micro. And in return, we also influence the planets because we are in interactive relationships with these other entities, energetic formations, the way that we respond to them, the way that we interact and integrate their presence into our lives. So when looking at transits, what the authors represent is like asking yourself when you're experiencing an important transit or whatever transit it truly is, it's kind of asking like, Who's coming to dinner? <laughs> Which planet is coming to dinner? Because that will require a certain set of preparation in a way like what rituals, what needs to be prepared to honor their visit? What are their preferences? What energy are they bringing? You know, and some visits are going to be more complicated. We're not going to be looking forward to all of our astrological transits with such joy. And some might be really fun. <laughs> and... I love working with planets and points in this intimate, relational manner. That they're not just this entities, you know, like your uncle cannot do shit. Like they know, no one controls you. No one can tell you, tell you what to do. But some might be a little bit, you know, some might influence the course of that life consciously or subconsciously. <laughs> so... I feel like shamanic Egyptian astrology is really a language of wholeness, maybe more than the perspective that Western astrology often offers. And what I really love about it as well is that similarly to evolutionary astrology, for example, it doesn't just stop at, oh, what is happening? What is there? What are my wounds? What are my traits? But it asks the why. It looks at the bigger picture, which guides us to the core. <laughs> at the end of the day, it is all just a remembrance.
So I feel like I will stop here with a little tease of what I'm diving into right now. Um, and I'm, I trust that there is much more to come. And as we transition into a beautiful, beautiful transmission with Angelina Knight, a mesmerizing feminine embodiment leader, a dancer, an artist, a lover, a medicine woman, walking the path of Egyptian mysteries as well, in sacred union, not only with her beloved, which is quite inspiring, I have to say, but also with Blue Lotus, with the plant medicine from ancient Egypt that was considered sacred, that represents the spiritual birth and life force energy. So in this conversation, she shares more about the ceremonial space and the plant medicine activations, what it means to embody the mystic way, also through working with different gods and goddesses within and without, or is there even a distinction there? <laughs> but definitely more about her connection with the goddess Isis and connecting to the universal goddesses. And as mystical and esoteric as this might sound, Angelina is actually a pretty earthy person. So the episode is quite practical in many ways as well. Some pieces of Egyptian mythology will be shared. The almost forgotten but now re-emerging story of Jeshua, Jesus and Mary Magdalene and their tantric sacred union and relationship together with ang symbolism and breathwork practices. So overall, also quite practical episode that is really here to empower you to uh, open up to the deeper remembrance that lives in your bones and runs through your blood. And just a reminder, if you also want that opening to be done through an astrological exploration or maybe through Akashic Records, connecting with your soul's library, I am here for ya. And there are many other juicy things happening in cosmic exploration space, like the ongoing 22 days of pleasure challenge that you can always join and doing your own time, all of the contents will remain available as well of the deeper explorations that we've done within the gang group journey. I feel like those are all of the timeless and quite fundamental aspects of our well-being. So as we transition finally <laughs> into the conversation with my guest today, I would love to read an opening prayer, an invocation as received from the shamanic Egyptian astrology book that may open our hearts to be able to receive this transmission that, in a way that goes beyond the rational mental perceptions and understandings, in a way that it truly touches our hearts and ignites that portal of the womb, whether physical or energetic, the portal to the divine. So if you can, I do invite you to find a comfortable position. Take a deep breath with me. 
And everyone who is tuning in for this episode, no matter when or where, this is that <laughs> infinite luminal space that connects us all. So, as you continue focusing on your breath, breathe the energy of this prayer and may it serve you well. O oh, sacred nature, from the great above, may our hearts remember the language of wholeness being sung to us by you, the ancient guardians of shamanic Egypt. May we embrace our divine humanity and remember that our true mission has always been the embodiment of heaven on earth. Infinite thanks for the sacred codes that are now being activated within our body and soul's memory. At the turning of the ages, on the threshold of the new aeon, we mend the sacred hoop of our wounds and dance our way into the wholeness. At last, we finally remember, we are the ones we've been waiting for. Now hop on and find part two on Egyptian Mysteries with Angelina Knight.